Hello, and welcome to The Lovely Life with Trina McNeely. I'm going to help you learn to love your life, your everyday life, not the one you idealize from Instagram or the one that's on the other side of overwhelm, stress, and anxiety. I'm talking about the one you woke up to today. This is a podcast about learning to live better spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, no matter what you're going through. Living the lovely life doesn't mean that your life is devoid of pain and problems or that everything looks perfect. Quite the opposite. It's simply learning to find beauty in the midst of the mess and choosing to participate in your life even when it's not going your way. In this conversational and contemplative podcast, you can expect thoughtful interviews, faith-filled encouragement, and practical tips to help you create space for peace and joy today. So listen in, friend, because together, we're going to learn how to make our everyday a little easier, more meaningful, and truly beautiful. Hey, friends. I'm super excited about this conversation because we're talking about one of my favorite topics, home. I've brought my friend Kirsten Grove on to chat with us about the meaning of home, how to decorate and style our homes, how to decorate for the holidays, how to spruce up a temporary or rented space, and how to make our homes cozy for the winter season. Kirsten is a designer and stylist who happens to be the force behind the popular design blog Simply Grove. And since 2008, She's been contributing to the global conversation about design and has been a champion of accessibility and authenticity. Kirsten's also the author of Simply Styling and a partner in the design firm We3Design. She also created the popular hashtag Simply Style Your Space. You're going to want to check it out on Instagram for some major design inspiration. Before we jump into the conversation, a little housekeeping note. At the time of this recording, there was a roofing project going on at the building next door. So my apologies if there's a little background noise, but now you'll know what it is. Now for our conversation on home. Hi, Kirsten. Welcome to The Lovely Life. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you on here and to talk a little bit about home and design and decor, because that's a part of our everyday life. Mm-hmm. So if you will, tell the listeners a little bit about your story, your background, and the work that you do. Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm a self-taught designer, and I have been doing design for over 15 years. Both of my kiddos were adopted when they were babies, and so they are 13 months apart. And so I kind of took a little hiatus when they were both young. But even in the midst of that, I was doing design for some build, local builders. And it was one of those paths that I that was taken because my kids called me a one-trick pony. Like, I just design. <laughs> I don't cook. I don't. I mean, I can cook, but it's not like a passion of mine. But I have, since I was five years old, have loved design and creating. And so it was a very natural decision in my adulthood. 
And in 2008, I started a blog and that was the year you started your blog in 2008, didn't you? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that was the year that there was a lot of, it was kind of like the trailblazing year for blogs. There were a few before that, but that was the year that kind of catapulted this whole blogosphere life, which looks a lot different now than it did then. Right. Um, I, I started blogging about design. And as you know, Trina, the blog world just really opened us up to meeting new people and getting new opportunities and I would say that because of the blog, I was able to launch my design career, really. And then as of recently, the last two years, I have a full design firm with a business partner. We have an associate designer that works with us. And right now we are juggling, get this, over 40 projects. It is wow, nutty nuts. And if there's one thing that 2020 did, it's caused all of us to sit in our homes and get really bored of what we had. And we all wanted to renovate and remodel and same with businesses. So we have a pretty much split down the middle residential commercial projects. So we're doing clothing boutique, some offices, lots of local residential, a few out of state. So yeah. That's so exciting. Wow. Yes, I remember when we started blogging at the same time. And in those days, I mean, I don't even think we had social media then. So we just had like the blog role. And then you would kind of like find other people that were writing about similar things. And I miss those days. It was fun. It was such a neat little community. And then I feel like I should just share how we really truly met because we're like real life friends now because (laughs) we met online and it was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm trying to remember the details, but there was like this, oh, Nate Berkus. Yep. (laughs) He had a talk show. It didn't last very long, but he had a talk show and didn't he like open it up to design bloggers? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was in New York and- My friends, Gabe and Rebecca, were living in New York at the time, and I thought, I'm going to go, and then you and I were like emailing, and you said you were going to go, and you were like, do you think it's okay if I stay with you? Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) well... I guess. I mean, I, I thought, okay, we're we're like pretty similar, you know, we're both church girls, like this will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't even know each other. And you came and stayed at my friend's house with me. Yeah. And I remember we stayed up almost all night talking and talking and talking. And then yeah. it was like, we were really great friends from then on out. What year was that? I want to say it was maybe like 2010. Oh my god. Feel like I I was like just found out or soon after found out I was pregnant with Rocco. Okay. But it was like 2010. But I'll also never forget it because I remember, I don't know if it's just because you have pictures and so you remember what you wore during that time, Uh but I had this little like gold sequence skirt and a denim shirt and I thought it was so cool and I wore it (laughs) to the Nate Berkus show and he like 
pointed at me and like winked and was like, cute outfit. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you're gay, but so neighbor gets just said that I was cute. And so. That's so funny. I know. I'm such yeah, a nerd. I mean, it was very forward of me to ask if I could bunk with you. At <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I was like, sure. And then afterwards I was like, is that weird? This is an internet thing. And then I was like, eh, nah, we have a lot in common. And sure enough, we really, really did. Right. Yeah, for sure. We knew a lot of the same people. Yeah. No, we, we connected right away. That's yeah. That was funny. so fun. And then you came to my house. You, so you're, you live in Boise. I yep. can't remember if you said that. So you're in Idaho yep. and I am in Illinois and you came to my house once and we did this whole redecorating project that's on the blog. If anybody wants to search for it, Simply Grove and Lala Lovely. So and you cute. I know you made that room look so amazing. I don't live in that home anymore, but I still love to look at those pictures and they just make me really happy. It, and that was and fun. we and everyone knows follows you that that you love England and that yeah. you should be British. I love that room because it exemplifies that whole aesthetic. That was, it was like a really cozy, what do you call them? The little, the not window seats, but the. Oh, like there was a day bed. Yeah. We did like by the built-ins. Yeah. Yeah. We filled it with pillows and fun blankets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was such a fun space. That was fun. I also have to say back in the early Simply Grove blogging days when we were all on Blogger, Uh you had, we would do features. I mean, we were kind of like our own little newspapers where we had almost like columns that we ran on the regular. Yeah. And you did one where you would kind of assess people's design Mm -hmm. style. You would name it. I forget what you called that. But I remember you did mine and I looked it up not long ago because I was like, I want to see if this is still true. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but I look at the, we would send you pictures yeah. and then you would like I would describe and I would diagnose your design aesthetic. Yes. Yes. And mine still kind of rings true. So yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. It's fun. I should bring those tests back though. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> pressure. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. So let's talk a little bit about home because you and I both love home. We both love design. You're the expert. I just kind of play around with it. And, you know, when I really need help, bring in you, the professional. But I love home because, well, it's just one of my favorite words. I love the way home feels. I love the sound of the word home, but I love the feeling of home. And it's really important to me, and I know it is for you, to create a space Mm -hmm. that feels like you, that feels comfortable and cozy, and it's beautiful. You can relax, but it also inspires you. So talk a little bit about your, maybe what your definition of home and what makes a home Mm -hmm. home and why that's so important. I think that the definition of home has really changed in 2020. People are more appreciative of home and we have had a very wild year. And for a lot of us, 
the only place that we can actually find peace and a sense of like, okay, things are going to be okay is when we've been at home or the opposite or when we're at home, that's when we feel stressed out. And, and so it's a really Mm -hmm. important home is very important. And I have always been a designer that has preached against the model esque showroom, like, and Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go practical here, but like when you walk into a space and you know that they just took the entire catalog or the front cover of West Elm and put it in their home. Right. Like I just, I've always preached against that because I feel like home is where those things that you have collected and you've loved and you've inherited that, that this is the place where those things can shine. And when you do walk into your home after a long day or a frustrating day, just to be surrounded with things that you love and appreciate from life, I think it's very, very, very important. I always talk about shopping your home, like shopping in your own home. Mm-hmm. I love going into people's china cabinets and finding items that they've forgotten that they had inherited from their grandmother or pieces of art that have collected dust in the closet that actually are very meaningful to them. And so I think on a practical level, home, creating a, a space where you can feel at peace and at joy. I think that is just the most important. And then obviously it goes beyond that. We can go into a whole conversation about the spiritual side of home and the emotional side of home. But as a designer, I like to set the stage for someone to be so proud and at, and feel so at peace when they're at their house. Yes. Yeah. I write about, well, two things about home, the soul of a home. Like I feel like every home kind of has this soul and feeling to it. And, you know, I'm living in a rental right now, so I haven't really, you know, decided (laughs) what the soul of that home is, or I want to bring this feeling with me in whatever home that I'm in. But the previous home I was in, the one that you helped spruce up, I called it it was just like a feeling of rest and retreat. Mm. It just had this really peaceful feeling whenever people would come through the years, they just said, oh, this feels so peaceful and relaxing. And it wasn't because there was never fighting in the home or because we were these amazing, peaceful people. I mean, we, we want that, we strive for that, but hello, real life and four kids and life. But, (laughs) but there was this sense, um, in the physical environment, but I think also, you know, in the soul and the spiritual kind of environment too, of peace and rest and retreat. And then I also like to think about the home that, you know, two types of homes, the lived in home, the one that we're talking about right now, the one we live in, and then the living home, which is us. We are a home, you know, we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And if we are believers, Mm -hmm. then we're home to Christ and Christ Mm -hmm. makes his home Mm -hmm. in us. So I think that's just such a beautiful depiction to look at it both Mm -hmm. ways. Absolutely. And, and also when you have children, like what a privilege to raise children in a home that God has blessed you with and 
granted you with and given you this opportunity to create this life for these children, right? I, I just keep thinking about yeah. that probably because my kids are 14 and 15 and I just had the thought the other day, oh my gosh, we could be empty nesters in four years. That is wild. <laughs> yeah. Wild. It's crazy. So now I'm thinking, okay, I've got four years to right. make an impact on their lives in our home. How am I going to do that? And I wrote this quick Instagram yesterday about because we are, we're renting right now as well. We just sold our house and we want to buy another home, a project home to renovate. But I want to do, I want to make the renovation. Our last home we renovated, it took us four and a half years. (laughs) This time Mm -hmm. I want to do it pretty quickly because again, I have four to five years with my children. So I want to get in there, get it renovated. And then I want to really create a space where they can bring their friends over and they can be proud of it and their friends can feel peace and they can feel hope. And, you know, it's just, it is something I'm definitely thinking about more because life is not slowing down anytime soon. And we have this window that Mm -hmm. God has given us and I'm like, oh God, let me be a good steward of this time that you've given me with my children because ultimately they're not mine. Right. Yeah. I know that's so important for me too. And, you know, that's part of my home story being in a rental right now. I really struggled because I always wanted to have a home that I would say is like so sticky sweet with memories. And, you know, when my kids were little, you'll remember I had a swing in the family room and just wanted it to be really playful and fun. And Mm -hmm. for me, this has been a season where not that I haven't decorated little corners, but that's not been my emphasis. And the Lord has been like, now we're going to work on the living home and we're going to unclutter a lot of junk in your soul. And we're going to focus on that home for a while. And we'll get back to the lived in home (laughs) that's coming, but for now we're going to do this. And so that was 2020, right? Yeah, it is. Yes. We're worked on. (laughs) Yes. And it's not, you know, it's an, it's an uncomfortable thing. Yeah, It's not as fun as picking up cute things that Ikea or Crate and Barrel or whatever, because it's kind of sorting through junk and sitting Mm -hmm. in your uncomfortableness. But the reward of that is beautiful. It is Mm -hmm. creating space within us, which definitely affects our the exterior and the world around us too. Mm -hmm. It's creating space, beauty. It's making room for the things that are important. And I think in 2020, that's what we're all working through, whether we might realize it or have the language for that or not, but that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I resonate with the teenage thing because I have teenagers too, and the the clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. And now as much as I still really want a swing in my house, (laughs) I'm looking at, you know, other ways as your kids grow and they're in different stages. There's different ways to make your home fun and yeah. for that season. And so yeah. we're, we're kind of in that same one too. And I always want to be that house that the teenagers want to come to, that they feel welcome Yes, and it's a great environment. What are some like practical ways that you can do that to create a space that's welcoming for kids of 
all ages where they can create memories and home mm-hmm. becomes that special place. Mm-hmm. I remember my aunt always said when her kids were teenagers, she said, I always strived to have the best food in the house, the newest gaming system, um, <laughs> a large TV and really comfortable seating. She goes, because I knew if I provided that, then my kids and their friends would want to hang out at our house. She goes, we didn't have a pool, but we had all these other things. Right. And obviously I'm not like, I hate bean bags. But the big giant beanbag in the family room means that Ethan and his friends are going to game our house. I will get a freaking beanbag, right? Yeah, that's on our Christmas list for one. A love sack. sack. Oh my gosh, a love sack. So I, I think it's important to, even if it means you are spending a little bit more on food a week, just creating that space that all the kids know, hey, if I go over to the Groves house, I know that I will be fed and treated well. And, you know, so even beyond design. Now for me, my kids, they've grown up in a very different home than most of their friends. We have, I have a very specific design aesthetic and it's not always the warmest, right? It's modern, it's minimalist, it's mid-century. And so I've Mm -hmm. had to work really hard, especially the older they get to compromise and bring in that warmth in ways that maybe aren't my favorite. But again, it's because I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I'm a design enthusiast. I'm <laughs> I'm not the, I'm not the mom who is like, of course I'll buy a lazy boy. Do you want to? La- I will get a lazy boy. No, that's a cuss word at our house. So yeah, I have to work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I'm a little bit like that too. But I think, well, I love your style, and I think for having that modern aesthetic, you you do still add cozy elements to it. So yeah, I, that's my take. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I love cozy. Yeah. Well, I like the mix of it too. You know that. Yep. So yep. yeah. Well, let's talk practical for a minute about design because we are all in our homes a lot more and people are renovating and getting to projects that they've put off forever and they're wanting to make their space comfortable and appeasing to the eye since mm-hmm. they're there all the time. Yeah. So one question that I have, and I think people have in general, I know my answer, but it took me a while to get to it, is when you're decorating, you know, maybe you're moving into a new space or you just are like, everything needs an overhaul. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's best to go about one room at a time mm-hmm. or to just kind of decorate as you go? You know, especially if you're buying furniture or, you know, you're not, I get it if you're doing like, we're doing a renovation on this specific room, Mm -hmm. but I guess decorating in general, Mm -hmm. do you think it's good to go one room at a time or just buy what you love and Mm -hmm. do as you go? I think for the average person, it's important to do a room at a time because it can get so overwhelming. It's like 
when I go out to buy an outfit for an event, well, there's no events in 2020, but before when there was an event, Mm -hmm. I would focus on one look at a time. I would get the dress, I would get the shoes, I would get the earrings. And then if I tried to wrap my brain, especially because I'm not a stylist at all, if I tried to wrap my brain around I have to pick out six outfits. I would get so overwhelmed and then I would never end up completing the looks. And I think the same with the home, it just gets so overwhelming. So if you can just, if you can just bite off one room at a time, you are going to have a higher advantage of actually finishing that room. Now, I think that there are those that are creatives naturally, and maybe they can, kind of wrap their brain around the whole house, but that's a very, that's very rare. And it's not a bad thing. I personally, if I'm cleaning, I have to clean one room at a time because if I start, I'm like, I'm the chasing the butterfly kid. Like if there's something in the living room that catches my eye, you know, I'm in there and then I'm over here and then I'm over there and then I never finish that one task. So I think it's really important to go one room at a time. And then I think I think when you are tackling that one room, I think it's, this has always been a conversation with designers. Like, well, what do you start with? Do you start with flooring? Do you start with paint? Do you start with window treatments? I've always said, start with paint, start with, because that is the, that's the canvas of the room. That is the, that's going to be the main feature. And so start with your paint color and then just grow it from there. Normally I do paint And then I do flooring, whether that's like all new flooring or a rug or whatever. And then I move to window treatments and then I fill it with furniture. That's so good and practical. Do you have, I know you do, which is why I'm going to ask you this, favorite paint color? I know you're a fan of white, so maybe your favorite shade. Yes. It's funny because I still love white and I will always love white, but I have... Mm -hmm. In the last couple years, I have seen myself going for warmer whites. Mm. Um, Well, it really depends on the style of the home. Um, Like I wouldn't, for like a mid-century or a very modern, I would go definitely like a pure white. I love pure white or extra, well, extra whites. That's really bright from Sherwin-Williams. But I've seen myself really loving Alabaster from Benjamin Moore simply white and just kind of going for more of those warmer tones. And then this is crazy. We've been using a lot of like taupey colors lately, which I'm like, no, (laughs) really like 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I was like, that's the worst color ever. And now we're finding ourselves using it more, but it all, it also is how you're using it. Right. In the nineties, it was, it was abused. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. And it was abused. Now there's ways of doing it. That's very timeless and classic and mixing it with the right metals is very important. But yesterday we used, what is that one paint color? Not agreeable gray, which that's a very taupey gray. That's a really pretty color. But there was this one color that my client was like, my mom used this color in her whole house 10 years ago. And I was like, oh no. Okay. Let me show you how it's done well. (laughs) That's funny. I know. I know it's always comes back full circle. It's the crazy. It does. It does. I feel very drawn to 
like eighties and nineties, even in decor. I mean, not full out, but using elements of it right now. And I think for me, probably there's some comfort in that uh, because that was my childhood and 2020, we're all looking for (laughs) comfort and memories of simpler times. But yeah, that's amazing about the taupe. But I agree with that. I had taupe for a while. Well, it wasn't, I don't know if I'd call it taupe, but just a really creamy white, maybe like a light taupe. And I hated it but it was just not something I was able to fix. And then when I started working my colors around it, I really kind of got to like it. And yeah. like you, I am I am seeing it a lot more. It's yeah. just, I don't want, you know, the whole house that way yeah. and we're not mixing yeah. it with maroon. So yes, no, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I kind of tend to be the other way where I decorate a little bit here and there, but that's essentially why in the long run, I have to call people like you in to be like, help me finish this one room. And I think there's a place for it in the sense that for me, another definition of home is it tells the story of you. And so Mm -hmm. I am not a fan of, like you said earlier, just going into West Elm or Pottery Barn Mm -hmm. and just, you know, decking the room out and everything from there or Target or whatever. Mm -hmm. I like a real collected look Mm -hmm. and I like to collect pieces over the years, whether that's art or little trinkets that, you know, I've gotten from travels or books that are meaningful Mm -hmm. or whatever, things like that. And I, or, you know, maybe a chair that was a grandparents and I like to mix it in as I go. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're doing a whole renovation project or you're moving into a brand new house, Mm -hmm. then you kind of have to have a starting place. So Mm -hmm. I love the the concept and the ideas of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell. And I think ways to warm up, especially a new construction or a new build, because sometimes they can feel a little bit sterile or a little bit showroomy. And in those cases, I always encourage my clients to go antique shopping and just like what you said, go find a couple pieces, like a beautiful piece mm-hmm. of pottery or some sort of early 1900s portrait, something just to bring that warmth into the space. And you know, there are some people that do just want that really modern look, they just don't need the warmth. But most of the time, my clients are like, okay, this is feeling sterile. How can we, how can we bring in some, some life to this space? Yes. Make it cozy. Yep. So yeah. What about this? If you are in a rental, like you are, mm-hmm. like I am, mm-hmm. what are some great ways to make a temporary space feel like home? Mm-hmm. You've always been great at that. Well, the night we moved in, so we just moved into this rental a week and a half ago. And I, the night we were here, I completely decorated and styled the living room to where I had a friend stop by the next day and she was like, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I have to, I just, I have to have a sense of home, especially because we're going to be here for the holidays. So 
it wasn't yeah. a question, but so I'll just tell you what I did. So what I did was, and this is a, and this is a lot smaller than our house that we just sold. So we had to store 70% of our furniture. So we brought in some key pieces. The walls are this a 1920s house. And so it's plaster. So she didn't want us to hang any art, which I totally get. So mm-hmm. I leaned art against the mantle and I layered them. And then I leaned some art on the floor, some really, some taller pieces. And I styled all of the, there's a lot of built-ins in this house. And so I brought some of my favorite styling pieces. So vases and little statue things and candles. And I styled right away. I displayed my coffee table, put my coffee table books, got some throw pillows, some throw blankets. And I just tried to layer the house because, you know, we can't paint, can't do anything permanent. And like you, this rental, every room is a different color. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh man, this is going to be tricky. But I now I actually like it. It's something I would never do. The living room is like this yellowy color, which that's so not me, but I'm making it work. And it kind of feels, my kids say that it's feeling very Italian-esque, New York-esque a little bit. Uh Just playing with it. But I think it's important to, I think people are scared to style when they know they're not going to be somewhere long-term. And I say bogus on that. You can make a house feel like a home in a, in a second by just simply displaying some throw pillows, a blanket, some art, a little piece of pottery, just bring it out and don't be afraid. Yes, I agree. And I loved, I saw your post too. And I was like, oh my gosh, but I'm like, well, this is, this is her thing. This is her gift. She's amazing. (laughs) So if you guys want to see it, you can check it out at it's your Instagram handles at simply Grove, right? Yeah. Yeah, It like, it took me, it literally, and I know I do this every day, so I can't expect this from other people. It's like if a baker was like, what, you can't bake this beautiful cake. I'd be like, what? I get it. But for me, it just took a couple minutes and it really just, it was all about bringing out of the boxes what means something to us and just creating a cozy space and especially for the holidays. Yes. I think that's the key is when we first got into our rental and that was a big shift for me because I had been living in my childhood home. So that was a really hard home to leave for many reasons. And the home that we're in is, it's a beautiful, nice home. It was just different. But the thing that made the difference for me, because I kind of, well, I had a lot to work through at that time, but I did have a bit of a bad attitude too. And I thought, uh, (laughs) I just don't want (laughs) to, I don't even want to decorate. What's the point? You know, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I pulled out some of my favorite things, things that make me feel at home, which for me are books and little pieces from travels, photos, a few pieces of art and chandeliers. I love my chandeliers. And so we took down a big ceiling fan and I hung up a chandelier that I had in my bedroom and now it's in the family room. And that just made me feel 
more at home yeah. and at ease and kind of opened me up then to playing around a little bit and decorating little spots here and well, there. That brings and- up a good point. Lighting, when you're in a rental, yeah. lighting is very important and you can, you can absolutely swap out ceiling fixtures and just swap them back when you move. But if that's not something you feel comfortable doing, bring in some lamps. I think a lot of people just, they think that they have to rely on the overhead lighting. And I have not, I have not, since we have lived in this house for a week and a half, I have not even turned on the ceiling light. I think it's a fan in the living room because I brought table lamps, floor lamps. So lighting is, it can make or break space. And so for your rentals, just think, okay, what, how can I layer in some lighting using some actual lamps instead of having to, I even have a little table lamp in my kitchen that I just put on the counter last night so that I could have some nice moody lighting because every time on the light, my head wants to explode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I love lamps and light fixtures and lighting and I think it's also good to keep in mind that when you're in a rental, you're not always wanting to buy new decor pieces because yeah. you don't know if it'll work exactly. in the next place. Exactly. Like we really could use a new couch, but I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. Yep. But lamps, you can you can take anywhere. They can work yep. anywhere. So that is a fun thing that you can buy to bring with you to the next place. Yep. But speaking exactly. of lamps, so it's yeah. winter. Mm-hmm. And for those of us that live in cooler uh-huh. <laughs> environments, yeah. you do, I do, different yeah. kinds. But let's talk about seasonal decorating. And because when I think of lamps and I think of warmth and I think of cozy, uh-huh. I think of the Scandinavians yep. and I think of huga, which looks like it says hige. So if you've seen the word that's yeah. H-Y-G-G-E, uh-huh. it's really huga. And the Scandinavians, the Danish, I think it's a Danish word actually, have a great way of word. looking at the colder months and yeah. their decorations and their indoors. Word. In fact, I've got a, a little book on it that I'll link to in the show notes that I was just reading the other day. Yeah. And it's a lot about lamps and candles. Do yeah. you have anything to add to the Huga lifestyle? Yes. Well, yeah, I think that even swapping a linen pillow for a velvet pillow, that Mm. adds warmth immediately. Or bringing in some faux fur throws. We have a faux fur that I bring out in the winter months and we all fight over it when we're watching movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But playing with textures, because texture and materials play such a big role in the summer months and the winter months. Summer, we're using cotton and linen and shears. And then in the winter, especially for us that live in colder climates, we crave warmer textures and the faux fur and the velvets. And I love, I just got a quilt a really cool modern quilt that I told the kids they cannot touch this winter season. It's mine. (laughs) Yeah. Swapping out those materials can really warm up a space. And then I agree with you, lamps and then candles. Like 
oh my gosh, who doesn't love candles? And if you can, I always have my special candles and then I have my super cheap candles. The super cheap candles are being lit all the time because I don't care. And then I light the special candles, like, you know, maybe for an hour in the evening just to smell up the house or whatever. But I love going to Trader Joe's because they have those white they have pillar candles and the tea light candles and they last forever and they're super inexpensive and I display them on my shelves and on our tables and at night it's just so pretty with that warm glow. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And lighting a fire, that makes a big difference yes. too. Yes, that does. Which if you have a fireplace, then just turn it on, Yep. light a few candles and mm-hmm. I've been doing that as well. I used to not really like candles much. And then I'm looking at all of these, you know, designers that I follow on Instagram that are Scandinavian and, you know, it's not like these really fancy candles. They're just like the actual candle sticks, like the, I don't know know if that's what you call them, but just the white simple ones. And I went to Ikea and got a big box of them and got a simple little holder and, I've been burning those a lot, even at the dinner table. And yeah. it's made such a difference because it gets dark here at like 4.30, which can be very heavy and yeah. kind of feel depressing. And it yeah. feels so festive and fun to have, you know, candles lit while we're just eating spaghetti or tacos. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Trader Joe's also has a taper candle that lasts ever, and they don't drip. Like that's important. They're the whole candle. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. I love that. I'm gonna have to write that down. I don't have Trader Joe's near me, but when I go, it's about an hour away. I'm going to grab some of those. Load up on the candles. (laughs) Yes. So last design question, as we're talking about the colder months and Huga and all of that, we are approaching the holidays. So many people have already put their trees up. Are you a before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving person? Let's just get it out there. It's different every year. And I put up last night. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. I am pretty like vehement about after Thanksgiving, but I did have the urge this weekend. I thought I'm just going to do this. I don't know if it's because it's, you know, in my subconscious because everybody's doing it this year, but then I didn't have time. So I didn't, but Let's talk about Christmas decorations for a minute. Is there any tips or easy things that people can do to make their house beautiful and festive without spending a lot of money for Christmas? What are your best holiday decor tips? There is one look that I'm loving this year, and it's very Scandinavian, but you can get these wooden beads on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I think a bag of them are like $10 and then you can string them and create a garland out of them. And it's so simple. And the, the wooden beads are like, you know, quarter or quarter size. And actually, actually they've got bigger ones and smaller ones. And so you can mix the sizes, but I just think it's such a beautiful look. And then you can pair it with I found these star and tree ornaments last year at Joanne's Fabrics. I think they were like 50% off. I think I got Mm -hmm. the box for $5. I don't know. It was something crazy. So I've paired those with the wooden beads. And then I have a couple of these cute little bird, black bird ornaments that someone gave me as a gift. 
And that's what I, that's what's on my tree, and I've I've called it good. And it's so simple, but that's why going back to how the the Scandinavians do it, I think they do Christmas yeah. so lovely. It's yes. simple, it's clean, but it's still very festive. It's not cheesy, it's not overwhelming, and it's not going to break the bank. You can get right. most of what they do for very inexpensive. So yes. I, I, yeah, I like some, I like simple Christmases. I love simple trees. There are those times when you have the urge to like flock a tree and add a bunch of bows. That's fun too. But especially this year, because we are in a small space, I have to keep things simple. Like it's a mandate. Right. Yeah. Right. And sometimes less is more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw a tutorial. It's probably all over Pinterest and I'll link to it in the show notes where you take some of a pine tree or, you know, off of your tree or a garland. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of pine trees, so I just go clip a little bit and you tie it to rope or string and you make kind of a garland. So it's just, you know, instead of like, it's like a bunting basically of evergreen clippings and it's so easy. And I just kind of swag it above the kitchen window and it's just festive and simple, but that's one of my favorite cheap holiday decor ideas. Yeah. That's super cute. Yeah. So before we end, I ask every guest a series of questions about their everyday life. So if you will tell us what is one thing that makes your everyday life a little easier? I think I am a clean freak and it has its pros and it has its cons. (laughs) It can be a curse and then it can be a blessing. But because I do require us to have a cleaner home, it makes the everyday easier. And I always tell my kids, isn't it interesting that when you have cleaned your room and you have things organized how quickly you're able to find things and then the weeks that your room is a disaster all of a sudden we've lost a sweatshirt a school item and a mask in an hour so I think by being a little bit crazy about the cleanliness it has created an easier morning situation if that makes sense yeah totally and do you have any tips for getting your kids to keep their rooms clean because I need help with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just a lot of like, I will take the Xbox. Nagging. <laughs> right. Right. I'm finding that like naturally some of mine are clean and say, some yeah, are not. I have one clean and one dirty. The dirty one, he, Ooh, I gave it away who it was. gentle. <laughs> gets pretty much the whole basement because I don't, I'm not a, I don't like basements. I don't, the master is in the basement and I refuse to sleep down there. So he ended up getting the space. And so in exchange for having the basement, we had some major ground rules set. And if anyone knows my husband, he's the most gracious human, but he's also a very, he will, what he says he will see through. And so my son knows that if he breaks this promise, he will now have the living room upstairs and he doesn't want that. So 
right working so far week and a half in that's good yeah basements for teenagers is awesome and amazing yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay and what makes your everyday or just your life in general meaningful like an example of something meaningful yeah is there just something that makes you your life feel meaningful whether it's a practice or a belief or mm. a person mm-hmm. it could be anything yeah we i think as a family one thing that Shane has really set the bar for in with all four of us is being very grateful and thankful and every morning he reminds all three of us to be thankful that day and to look back on what God has done in the past and miracles and just really think back on those things. And so we, we try to practice thankfulness daily. And it's interesting the days that we don't, or we're too busy or we've we've moved too fast. It's kind of interesting how our attitudes get a little sour and then all of a sudden we'll remember, oh wait, we weren't thankful today. So I I feel like that's been a big life commitment that we've made because of my awesome husband. I'm not taking any credit for it. And it mm-hmm. has created a beautiful thing in our family. And it's also made us grateful. And we with our kids, we are trying to instill, especially because they're teenagers trying to instill kindness and compassion and empathy. And I think that goes hand in hand with gratefulness. And if you at a young age can catch those things, I think you can make it hopefully. Yes. That's so important. (laughs) So important. And lastly, one thing that's helped you make progress in your life. This could be progress spiritually, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. or emotionally. I mean, 2020 is kind of hard for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be so awesome at the gym and I haven't been in four months. And this is the first time that's ever happened in my entire life. So there's no progress there. So let's walk away from that. I think progress I think that I've seen the most progress in myself spiritually this year. I think there has been moments of this year where like everyone I've hit rock bottom and I, in that I've never felt so close to God as I have this year. Both Shane and I have been Mm -hmm. talking about it recently where we just feel like, man, it's been a crapshoot, but we have, really had an encounter with Jesus through all of it because how could you not like, you know, it's like everything's been, and really we're American. So I'm taught this is like such first world problems, but we've had so much stripped from all of us. And for me, I have never felt so close to God as I have this year. So I feel definitely definite progress spiritually. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's amazing how when we do hit rock bottom, when we are faced with trials, when we're going through what everyone is collectively right now, yeah. how it can you can be at your worst, but like the best work can be done sure. in you 
through Jesus. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom and insight and helping us all to appreciate what we have and make what we have more beautiful. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kirsten. And you are a light on social media, so don't leave ever. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's been fun talking today. I hope you'll come back on again. Yes, thank you. I will. Well, the holidays are here. I know for many of you, when I say those words, you're completely filled with excitement and joy. And for a handful of you, when I say the holidays are here, you experience stress and anxiety. The holidays can be really hard for a myriad of reasons, especially in the year 2020. That's why I created a resource to help you. It's called When the Holidays Are Hard, Practices to Protect Your Peace and Experience Joy. You can download your copy for free at Trina McNeely slash resources slash holidays. This free resource is going to help you approach your holidays practically. It's going to help you protect your peace and experience joy, even if the day or the entire season feels hard. It's for anyone facing grief, difficult family members, health stress, financial strain, a busy schedule, depression or anxiety, divided family time, or even melancholy memories. This guide includes 15 interactive practices to help you reduce stress and emotional pain. Again, you can grab your free copy at trinamcneely.com slash resources slash holidays. I'm Trina McNeely. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Lovely Life. If you love what you hear on this podcast and want other people to know that their everyday life can be beautiful and meaningful, then I want you to leave a five-star review and take a moment to subscribe to this podcast. Did you know that we have an online Lovely Life community? It's where we continue the discussion and cheer each other on. I want to personally invite you to join. Simply go to facebook.com slash groups slash lovely life community. For show notes and to subscribe to episode emails, visit trinamcneely.com slash podcast. Now I want to know what's making your everyday a little easier, more meaningful, and truly beautiful. Share with us all by using the hashtag LaLaLovelyLife on social media. Until next time, friends, here's to leaving behind perfect and learning to live better. 